0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today,
1: isn't it? Mr. Speaker, Mr. President, distinguished members of Congress, I know what a rare privilege it is to address a joint meeting of your two houses. Thank you for inviting me. The concept, so simply described by Abraham Lincoln, as government by the people, of the people, for the people, is fundamental to our two nations. Your Congress and our Parliament are the twin pillars of our civilizations, and the chief among the many treasures that we have inherited from our predecessors.
0: The Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth, dead at the age of ninety-six. It is a King Charles. And a, and if you want to hear one of the more fantastic moments that you will may that you may ever hear, if you want to know whether or not time heals all wounds, this was King Charles the Third. Arriving at Buckingham Palace to a crowd of quite literally thousands, as he walks the line, and so hands. King Charles
1: straight to the public to greet the people who have been waiting for so long to exchange a few words with them as he arrives here at Buckingham Palace, King Charles III.
0: He's shaking hands. They're kissing his hands. And then God save the king. God save the king. chanting or screaming out, I should say, God save the king. That is remarkable you have to be able to maybe you have to be of a certain age but really you just have to be of a certain uh, connection to history to be able to go back and recognize how vilified of a man king charles was according to the press in the wake of the breakup with princess diana time heals wounds tony katz tony katz today It is good to be with you. Time also allows facts to come out. What do I think of King Charles? Uh, He's a radical environmentalist and that bothers me to no end. What do I also think uh, of King Charles? Probably an extremely misunderstood guy and Diana didn't help things. The statement made by the king Saying, the death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all members of my family. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. I know her loss will be deeply felt throughout the country, the realms, and the Commonwealth, and by countless people around the world. During this period of mourning and change, my family and I will be comforted and sustained by our knowledge of the respect and deep affection in which the Queen was so widely held. You take a look at the response, and the answer to that is, well, quite literally, yes. The very last of the statesmen of another era, Queen Elizabeth, dead at the age of 96. And I I make no uh, uh, apologies uh, regarding those who might want to take a look at the total history of the Queen, and there'll be a good or bad and the ugly. That is also true. Of anybody you were to take a full look at. Because, well, that's people. That is people. No one claims a level of of perfection. That's that's first and foremost. And then as, as a part two, nobody, absolutely nobody has a record that is spotless my gosh you could find dirt on bill murray and if you could find dirt on bill murray you can find dirt quite literally anywhere human sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass hysteria jeremiah on twitter time may heal some wounds but scars remain for some they exist to remind us of the pain we endured I often discuss the fact, when, when I, I, I discuss um, going through rough times, going through depression, suicidal thoughts, National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. I'll, I'll have these conversations, some people say, well, that's what you needed to go through, that, that's your journey. And uh, the, what I have often said is, you know that, that um, expression, uh, that, uh, that you know, the, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? I did not need to be this strong. I in no way needed this in my life. Not, no chance, not at all. No way did I need to be this strong. Did I need to go through all of that? Absolutely, positively not. Didn't need it. Did not need it. Didn't actually want it. For sure. Now, King Charles is set uh, to speak his first public statement as the King of, of England. Uh, my my desire, my plan is is to share it with you. This is is my desire. I don't I don't know if if, if uh, we'll be able to to share it or, or or not. Right? That's that's the way these things uh, go. The reason for it, and I, I'm, I've I've never been a Royals watcher, um. I have a a respect for what the queen dealt with, what it is she has seen, what her life meant, the dedication to something. Bigger and above yourself, you know. She talked about the fact uh, that her her plan was to serve uh, the 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 kingdom uh, a, as long as as she could, and she she meant it, literally from the moment she was 25 years old uh, on the throne in 1952, coronated in 1953, to her death. Where just three days ago she was meeting with outgoing Prime Minister Boris Johnson and the new Prime Minister Liz Truss. T R U S S. There, there there is something to this about in in, in the wake in, in, in the wake of a changing world, which I don't mind change. You can't mind change. It's going to. Does that mean you change your values and your standards? And it brought me to the story of I was on Twitter of this mother who tweeted out that when her daughter came to her, I'm a boy, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy, and I wanna do this, and I wanna do that, and I wanna do the other, and I wanna change myself, and I want drugs for this. She tweets out, I didn't affirm my daughter, I removed her from the contagion. Now how often have we discussed, your, your, your job is to love your kids. But it's not to agree with everything they do. And very often children need to be protected, very often from themselves. And this transgender craze, these things being pushed upon them by by, uh, social pressures, and adults who want this because they are vile and violent. Not every adult, but too many adults because one is too many. And this mother said, I'm going to not have this for, for my daughter. I removed her from the contagion. She continues, the mother does. Within months, she pulled what I called a seize and desist, S-E-E-S. She saw the truth and left the cult. Over a year later, she's thriving more than she ever was when involved in the gender craze. And people are upset with this woman. How dare you? How dare you? I mean, they're referring to this mother as a turf. Do you know what TERF is? Trans exclusionary radical feminist. That's what they say of J.K. Rowling. Well, it's understandable. Uh, For example, men are not women and women are not men. Men are not women and women are not men. So I I don't have to think of trans. I mean, go live your life the way you see fit. If you tell me your name's Susan, I will call you Susan. Boy and... And, and peer pressure her into thinking like this, that no, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna protect my kid. I am going to engage protection no matter what pressures are coming my way, no matter how much you threaten me, no matter what you try to do to me legally, because you know there are people who will try and take your kid away if you try and protect them. I'm going to do what's best for my child. I'm not gonna buy into the nonsense. A standard. And the standard is not here men are men and women are women. The standard here is not men are not women and women are not men. That's actually not the standard. The standard is the parent has a job to do and the job is not easy. But if you love your child, you must do it. There is a standard. That standard is extremely important. And holding up the standard and defending the standard against all odds I think there's a fair amount that the queen, you can point to, did in that case. I think there's a fair amount that you can point to that the queen did to stand up. You can argue for the monarchy, but it, it might not be for us as Americans, but it was a standard that the British appreciated. And through the trials and tribulations, remember the days of Fergie, certainly you have Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein, you've got the whole Harry-Meghan thing, a whole history. And she still has people who, who believe in this. And in England, that remains very much because of her. So as a concept, holding the line, holding a standard, standing up when all the forces are against you, matters greatly. It is something I take upon reflection of the life of Queen Elizabeth II, dead at the age of 96. More to get to. I'm Tony Counts. Joe Biden's in Ohio, talking about manufacturing. Groundbreaking of the new Intel Semiconductor Manufacturing Facility. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm I'm destroyed by this. Because it's a facility i would have wanted in in my beloved indiana it is a society, it, 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 oh, would have been terrific terrific and wonderful and sensational to have that in indiana it it did not come it did not come and for that uh just so incredibly sorry uh to 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 see it cuz it would have been Huge, huge money for the state. But Biden's going to go and make some claim about how the economy is doing well and then talk about those evil, despicable MAGA Republicans. And that's going to be the end of that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good uh, to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. BYU has completed its investigation. And finds no evidence corrobor- to corroborate the claim of racial slurs being yelled at a Duke volleyball player. Can't find them. So the story goes that this Duke player, volleyball player who is black, every time she was serving, somebody was screaming out racial sc- uh, slurs, screaming out the N word. Holy cow. I mean that that's a heck of an allegation. Somebody was identified and they were they were thrown out and and said you can never come back. And they're like I didn't say anything. Well they start looking at videotape of of this area. It wasn't a student, I believe it was an adult. They start looking at videotape and they're like okay well there's the person in question. And they're not saying anything. They are not saying anything. As BYU states, from our extensive review, we have not found any evidence to corroborate the allegation that fans engaged in racial heckling or uttered racial slurs at the event. As we stated earlier, we would not tolerate any conduct that would make a student athlete feel unsafe. That is the reason for our immediate response and our thorough investigation. They found nothing in terms of video evidence. And then they started asking people who were in the student section and others nobody heard anything. Now in today's world you think they're just saying nobody heard anything to try and get you know as like an act of protection no chance no shot. They have not found anybody to corroborate the claims. So is this girl, this uh, this Duke volleyball player by the name of Rachel Richardson, is she lying? She claims she was targeted and racially heckled throughout the entirety of the match, which then evolved into threats. She claims BYU officials and coaches were made aware of the incident at the time but failed to act. Act on what based on the investigation? Somebody was uh, removed. This this is as uh, the reporting is gone. I would find it very strange that someone is just making this up, except of course we have extensive levels of evidence, story after story after story after story of people making things up. My gosh, there was a noose found on my door. That story has been made up repeatedly. I was attacked in the middle of Chicago at 2 a.m. while getting a Subway sandwich, and they put a noose on my neck and poured bleach on me, and they said, this is MAGA country. Jesse Smollett's a liar. We've seen this story made up. The difference here is that I don't get it. What would be the point... What would be the win? Very often people will make up stories so they get a little bit of attention, they get a little bit of love, they, you know, they, they, they need something, uh, this has happened before, uh, to be racial because uh, they need to now prove that they're either a victim or they're standing up against it and that's how they prove their value. We've seen people uh, like this uh, of all stripes. So the, the, the question is, is this what this girl's doing? And from this, even though absolutely no evidence has been found, I can't can't say that. I can't do it. I am left with many more questions. I would love to hear the questions asked of her. What is it that she thought she heard explicitly? Where did she think it came from? Why didn't she confront them? And what else could have been going on that she heard something, decided it was this, when it really had nothing to do with that. What was she hearing that made her think this was being said? I would like to think good of someone. That maybe this is all a level of misunderstanding, a misunderstanding, a misunderstanding. But if if people are going to be like, I don't accept BYU's investigation, that's because they want these things to be real Even if they're not, because it's better for their ideology or brand, which is pretty awful. I'm Tony Katz. The DOJ is going to appeal. Well, let him, let him appeal. They're going to appeal the idea that Trump deserves a special master, that Trump should really have any legal protections whatsoever. I find this to be a very problematic argument. A judge rules that Donald Trump can have a special master, somebody who's going to take a look at the documents seized in the Mar-a-Lago raid and ask the question to these documents or really apply a question to these documents, are they covered by executive privilege? Are they covered by attorney-client privilege? If you argue that he shouldn't be allowed to do that, you're arguing against the concept of attorney-client privilege, exactly what kind of justice system do we have in the United States if we don't have that? Well, the the, the Department of Justice needs to prosecute, so so we have to get rid of protections so they can prosecute is not how you run a republic. It is how you run a banana republic. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Find everything. Tonycats.locals.com. Tonycats.locals.com. The Justice Department is appealing this special master. The Department of Justice is saying the government is likely to succeed in its appeal of the order as applies to classified records, and Trump does not and could not assert that he owns or has any possessor, possessory intent interest in classified records, that he has any right to have those government records returned to him, or that he can advance any plausible claims of attorney-client privilege as to such records that would bar the government from reviewing or using them. The DOJ is saying we don't care what he has to say, we're in charge. Then they cite Supreme Court precedent, makes clear that any assertion of privilege would be overcome by the government's demonstrated specific need for that evidence. The problem that I have in in hearing this back and forth is not that the federal government engaged in investigation will investigate. It is the idea that somehow the the decided need of the, of the federal government comes before the rights of the people. If asked what is more important, the government need or the rights of the people it will always be the rights of the people, always. Even those people I hate, even those people you hate. Because who cares who you hate and who cares who I hate? They hate you and they hate me. Should we let them decide? Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Second, the DOJ writes, the government and the public would suffer irreparable harm absent a a stay, meaning if there's a special master, I'm harmed. I don't agree with that, and I would never think that that should be a claim that that, that should be given value. The court order, according to the DOJ, would irreparably harm the government and the public by unnecessarily requiring the government to share highly classified materials with a special master. You already shared them with the Washington Post. What's your argument, DOJ? You leaked documents, uh, alleged documents, taken in this raid to the DOJ, to, to, to the Washington Post. I didn't do this. You did this. Merrick Garland stood there and explain to us how important it was uh, to, to do this, how they work uh, everything uh, straight, and that there is full integrity, full integrity, when it comes to the, the processes of the Department of Justice.
1: Faithful adherence to the rule of law is the bedrock principle of the Justice Department and of our democracy. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly without fear or favor under my watch that is precisely what the justice department is doing all americans are entitled to the even-handed application of the law to due process of the law and to the presumption of innocence much of our work is by necessity conducted out of the public eye we do that to protect the constitutional rights of all Americans and to protect the integrity of our investigations.
0: You leaked to the Washington post. What integrity are you referring to attorney general Garland?
1: Third, let me address recent unfounded attacks on the professionalism of the FBI and justice department agents and prosecutors. I will not stand by silently when their integrity is unfairly attacked. The men and women of the FBI and the Justice Department are dedicated, patriotic public servants. Every day they protect the American people from violent crime, terrorism, and other threats to their safety while safeguarding our civil rights. They do so at great personal sacrifice and risk to themselves. I am honored to work alongside them. Then why do you undercut
0: them with leaks? He continues, third, the partial stay sought here would impose no cogniz- cognizable harm on the plaintiff. It would not disturb the special master's review of any other records, including any personal materials or records potentially subject to the attorney-client privilege. Can the DOJ investigate? Of course the DOJ can investigate. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, I don't know if Trump should has right to these documents. I don't know why he would have some of these documents. I don't believe that anybody should have documents that they shouldn't have. There are some things that are uh, the purview of the federal government and he's no longer president. And that's uh, the way that goes. Did he declassify them? Well, maybe the very act of taking them out of the White House declassifies them. Did he pack them? Well, maybe he's responsible for what gets packed, but he certainly didn't pack his own boxes. That much we know for sure. Donald Trump did not pack his own boxes. That never happened. But I think the bigger question here is why is it that the uh, DOJ and the the FBI was able to engage this raid, not have a full property report of what was taken? Oh, remember, they never took the passports. Oh, wait, they did take the passports. Oops, Nora O'Donnell looks the fool. What else did they take? And did they take anything that they weren't supposed to? The rights of Trump matter even if you hate the dude. I don't care. You hating the guy so doesn't mean anything to the subject at hand. So this will continue. Also continuing is these, these lawsuits going on in the state of Indiana regarding abortion. And you knew there would be lawsuits because of uh, abortion restrictions. You knew there would be lawsuits. I am not shocked by this. I am shocked by the people who thought, hey, we overturned Roe v. Wade. Everything's better now. Well, no, what you have now is the opportunity for people to actually have a voice. Roe v. Wade shut down the possibility for voices, prevented people from making decisions for themselves. Well, no, it enabled choice. No, it prevented states from having a different thought and populations from having a different thought. It took the rights out of their hands, took the rights out of their vote. They, If they don't like how things go in their state, they can move, they can uh, vote for new representation, uh, they can be like uh, Kansas and vote down a change to the Constitution. And yes, as some people have discussed, the political right uh, now has to question how they're going to deal with this abortion subject. That's absolutely true. You mean they didn't know that before? Blows my mind. Well, we should overturn Roe v. Wade because I believe in life. Okay, now it's back to the states. What is it you want to create as a law? Really didn't know? You really and truly didn't know? Republican after Republican saying, okay, what do you want to do in your state? And their answer is... my gosh. It's embarrassing. They never thought it through. That's the part that amazes me. They had the first part right. Overturn Roe v. Wade. It was wrongly decided. Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided. I laugh at people who try and go the other way with this. It just it was just wrong. Nothing more, nothing less. The right to privacy doesn't exist in the Constitution. The right to an abortion certainly doesn't exist in in the in the Constitution. And that's all there is to it. There's nothing else at play here. It does not exist. Doesn't matter how bad you want it. Doesn't matter how bad you scream or cry or caterwaul or anything else. Does not exist. In Indiana, of course, now we'll have restrictions on abortion that go into effect soon, right? September 15th. September 15th. So the ACLU is engaging a lawsuit on behalf of five women and a group called Hoosier Jews for Choice. Now what the five women are saying, and I'm assuming Hoosier Jews for Choice, they're saying that their religious beliefs state they must be able to obtain an abortion. And they say they must be able to get an abortion under the circumstances that are banned under Senate Bill 1. They're making the claim that Rifra. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act prevents the state government from interfering with someone's religious beliefs. So therefore, you can't do this. Well, first, you're making the argument that people would have to make a, a religious claim. And then what is the crime for lying? I would ask that question. But I, and you may have caught me uh, talking about this on on on. The morning show, right? Um, Hoosier Jews for choice. That name is the problem. The question of Judaism and abortion, and and I'm going to give a very, very 30,000 foot view of the thing. Judaism sides with the life of the mother. It's not about saying, hey, have an abortion anytime you want. It's Far, far, far from it. But if a choice has to be made, the life of the mother comes first. It is something that if you asked me, I wholeheartedly believe. If you asked me if I would have chosen at the time the life of my wife or the life of the child I'd yet to know I would I would say to you without a hesitation I would have chosen my wife I am so thankful that I never had to make such a choice that's difficult stuff But Judaism is rather clear on the subject So if you want to tell me There are Jews in Indiana who disagree with this legislation based on religion. I would say to you, okay, go sue. You're not. You won't hear an argument from me at all. These are the things that should happen. This is how the system should work. Instead of being told from on high what you can or cannot do, we, the people, Hoosiers, the people of Indiana, will decide. Thank you very much. This is better. It's dirty. It's ugly. It's rough. It, it 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 it's it's problematic. But it's the best way to get it done, the best way, the only way, to get it done. I approve of this. But when you say you're called Hoosier Jews for Choice, this isn't about being Jewish. This is about being progressive, because the argument based on Judaism, would not be about choice. You're making the argument that Judaism states the life of the mother, or at least that's how we we, we perceive it. How rabbis would explain it. If that is the case, we are not discussing Choice. Choice is a political word utilized by progressives to say abortion anywhere, anytime, including up to the moment of birth and maybe two, three, four weeks afterwards. Ah, what the hell? We'll go Ralph Northam and You betcha. The minute you say choice, you've taken this out of being a religious conversation. Words have meaning and your words have said, you're not serious. This isn't about religion. This is about your progressivism, and your religion is a shield. You're utilizing Judaism as a shield, and that's wrong. Now, Brad on Twitter has been disagreeing with me uh, 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 about this. I, right? He said something, quoted something I said, but I said, no, no, I actually said this. And he says, well, I, I don't see how both can't be true simultaneously. Here's what he says. Liberal Christians do exact same thing. Look at how virtuous I am because I think a woman should have a choice. I'm like Jesus, so loving and compassionate. They shield their ideology and parrot their virtue. I'm sorry, I read it to you the way he wrote it, but I don't think this is the way he meant it. Look at how virtuous I am because I think a woman should have a choice. Oh, liberal Christians. I'm like Jesus, so loving and compassionate. Okay, yes, I guess liberal... uh, um, I guess you you could say that about liberal uh, uh, Christians. But I I, I I must say that that when I'm talking about this, I don't know if I said anything that couldn't both be true. Except if they're going to address this on its religious grounds, then address it on the religious grounds. The minute you say, who's your Jews for choice? You're making this a political movement, not about your religion. And I would dismiss the whole damn thing. Because this group, wh- whoever they are, you're embarrassing. You're not about Judaism. You're not trying to put the focus on, on, on a religious con- context or conversation. You made it about your progressive ideology. Don't ask me to buy into that nonsense. You're utilizing Judaism to push your progressiveness. I find that disgusting, and I believe the word they would use is ashanda. That is probably the right use of the word. I'm Tony Katz. So the people over at the Palladium want the record corrected. I must say, I said nothing wrong except for what was on their website. But they want to be clear. You want to see Jimmy Vaughn tonight over there at the Palladium at the Tarkington? No masks, no vaccine. Uh, uh, You don't have to show proof of vaccination. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Uh, Scott emails me. He's like, "Um, there's no requirement for this. How are you going to correct the record? I'm like... Here, let me show you what the website is pulling up, which it says some events are going to require masks and proof of vaccination. I even said in the morning show, this could be the artist that's requiring these things. So uh, he he, he sends me an email and and he says, if you heard my show this morning, I'd like to correct the record. He's telling me how I should say this. According to the Center for the Performing Arts in Carmel, there are no requirements for masking or proof of vaccination tonight at Jimmy Vaughn's show. He wants me to apologize for the error. I have nothing to apologize for. It was your website. You told me that it's not the case. I'm happy to share it. What's with the blame thing? Don't have it on your website. Go see Jimmy Vaughn tonight. Have a great time. I'm glad you guys are with the show. I'm Tony Katz. Monday, everyone. Take care.